0: No baby, that's for somebody else. We're just gonna keep you right where you at right now. Shut up, it doesn't matter what you say. Oh, two, three. Two, three. The wrestling day. realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Break It Down with Brian H. I am your host, Brian H. Waters. If you are new to the WrestleRound channel, go ahead, hit the subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for the notifications. That way you get a notification every time the real Dwayne Allen and I drop a brand new video. I promise you there are a lot of videos to come. The Real Dwayne and Allen, I had a huge production day the other day. So, we got content coming. You asked, we told you we were coming back and we're here. So, ladies and gentlemen, man, oh man, what a week it's been in professional wrestling. You know, um, I said that, you know, if you looked at the title of the show, it says, Thank you, Goldberg and Undertaker. But you can go home now. And I mean that. Like seriously. If you watch the super showdown brought to you by the WWE in Saudi Arabia. You saw the dream match that we were looking to get. The dream match being Goldberg and Undertaker. A match some 20 plus years in the making. But it wasn't that much of a dream folks. Um. And I started to do a post-show. I just was tired. Um, the thing is, the match just flopped. And Goldberg said that he knocked himself out during the match. He, um, when he knocked himself out, obviously, you know, a concussion. Anything happened. We saw this happen from what we believe, and I believe it was reported, that Undertaker had a concussion in his match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. So then Lesnar was calling a match, and then Undertaker was going off instincts. Um, but that match wasn't as bad as this one, and you know the match with Taker and Lesnar—you know it's iconic because of the first Undertaker's first loss, and it's just so many different things. But this match right here, there's reports that Vince McMahon was furious and said that he told both of them their career is done. And if that's the case, I'm going to go ahead and say it. thank you, Undertaker and Goldberg, for uh, incredible careers. Hall of Fame. Goldberg's in the Hall of Fame. Taker will be there. But it's time. It's time to hang it up. We saw Goldberg go for the jackhammer. He couldn't lift him up. Now, if he had did a, hurt his head the way he said he did, he had no business doing that move. I'm sorry. He just didn't. So, I mean, just unfortunate Shouldn't have never happened. This was a match that should have just been left on WWE 2K video games. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go into my top rope. Enough about Goldberg and The Undertaker. It's time for the top rope. Going up to the top rope. It's time for this week's top rope segment of the week. So the top rope this week, folks, to me, Kenny, oh, excuse me, I'm going to say Kenny. I'm so I used to say Kenny Omega with this guy, Okada versus Jericho at this past week, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion. Um, I know some people out there didn't really care for the match. I liked it, though. I really enjoyed it. It was a different match that I got from Okada. I'm used to seeing um, a longer fast-paced or even, you know, a lot of high spots. I shouldn't say high spots as in like a bunch of super kicks or high-flying moves. But I'm used to seeing, um, you know, those matches that go long and then, you know, hard-hitting, back-and-forth action, um, you know, a little fast-paced when necessary. But this was different. I will say this. This is probably the most of a Chris Jericho match I've enjoyed in a long time. One of my favorite dance partners for Chris Jericho is the late Chris Benoit. I enjoyed their matches. Now, this was certainly a different style of match. We know Jericho being older, but I enjoyed the match. But here's the thing. I, you know, I was doing some reading, and I listened to—well, uh, I read some, ex, some clips from—transcripts from Okada's post-match interview— And he said, you know, he didn't like it. He didn't like the Jericho match. Doesn't like his style. And said that he's not finished with him. Jericho, of course, lost the match. But then he would go and show bad sportsmanship when he attacked Okada and Tanahashi after the match. Chris Jericho feels like he's the best in the world. He feels like everybody um, should just bow down to him for what he's done in the world of professional wrestling. But he just came up short in the match for the um for the um iwgp heavyweight championship it's the one title he hasn't had in his career so um but you know incredible match great storytelling i know like some okada fans and some hardcore new japan pro wrestler fans didn't like it and maybe you know i am a jericho fan you know i've been kind of bored with him as late But this was a match that I enjoyed, maybe because I didn't have high expectations coming into this match. Um, But let's some sticking with New Japan. We got some um, people, some first timers who will be entering the G1 climax, and that will be we have Kenta. He is returned to Japan. Kenta was Hideo Itami. Uh, He's a very disappointing. As far as what could have been, what should have been. It was a big deal when the WWE signed him. How big was it? They brought in Hulk Hogan to make the announcement. Going down to NXT to do the official contract signing. Unfortunately for him, he had a lot of injuries. So that's what really sucked. Um, because they, they had big plans for him for what it seems. Shinsuke Nakamura came in. Kind of took that route. Came to, well, uh, Tommy was on 205 Live, but he just never recovered to what could have been. I was hoping to see maybe he would go down to a five live, kind of get his mojo back and then get the, back to NXT and mainly the main and perhaps the main roster. Unfortunately, it did not happen for him, but I'm excited to see what he's going to do in New Japan. Um, there's a lot of wrestling in the WWE, there's a lot of wrestlers, I should say, on the roster. It's not room for everybody. So a guy like him, you know, being there and going back to New Japan, I want to see what he can bring. And, you know, especially now with so many eyes on the New Japan product, it's easier to get access to. I think it's good. I think it's good for his career. I think it's good for the fans that he uh, gained when he came to the United States and had in NXT that, you know, perhaps they'll turn their eyes to the New Japan product. Uh, we also saw Will Ospreay make an announcement that he's going to enter the G1. And one thing I read during the Okada interview that he said Ospreay is somebody he want to face. Um, he was looking for fresh matchups and he said this is the one he want to face. I would love to see that match. And then, of course... The IWGP United States Champion, John Moxley. Yes, Moxley made it known he will be in the G1 Climax. So, I can't wait to see. Perhaps he wins it. I mean, he's hot right now. People say the hottest wrestler in the business. You know, that's always debatable. But, nonetheless, it's interesting. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Now, let's shift back on up north. New York, (laughs) uh, shift to the WWE, this past Monday night, Paul Heyman went on Raw and said, you know, he, you know, pretty much criticized Seth Rollins for beating Brock Lesnar up with the chair so bad that Lesnar was not able to cash in. He said, we did you a favor. We told you he was going to cash in and now you will not see it coming. So I'm saying, I hope that he still cashes in on Seth Rollins. I hope he loses, but I hope Seth Rollins is the one. I know Seth Rollins said he wants a, a fair fight, one-on-one, straight up. Only time will tell. I mean, Rollins can, you know, instead of defending the title against Baron Corbin, why not set up a match, Seth Rollins versus Lesnar? Lesnar can still hold on to his briefcase, but, you know, let's get that match. After all, he is do a rematch, right? But I'm going to go ahead and take my first break. Got a word from The Realness. The wrestling room presents Realness Reacts where I, the real Dwayne Allen, will react to a number of different things in the world of professional wrestling. I have something to say all the time anyway, so hey, why not? Exclusively on Instagram. Houston, we have a problem. Yes! And I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you check out the wrestling realm on instagram where you can get exclusive um, realness reacts brought to you by the real Dwayne allen where he brings to you his thoughts of what's going on in the world of professional wrestling and you also get to see some behind the scenes if you go in the highlight section in our insta stories you can see some behind the scenes from our production days so
1: here's our tapped
0: out segment of the week So it would have been easy to do Bill Goldberg versus The Undertakers the Taft Out, right? But then on SmackDown Live, they decided to bring in a couple of jobbers, a couple of local guys, independent wrestling talent. And Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, known as the Planet's Tag Team Champions, were going to challenge them to a match. A winner-take-all match. And they was going to face them for their YOLO championships. YOLO County Tag Team Championships. And if you're looking at your screen right now, you'll see that these guys, AJ Kirsch and Dave Dutra, I'm going to go ahead and say their names, had paper championships. And I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh. Now, when you look at this, you see it says... WWE games tweeted, "SD SmackDown Live meets WWE 2K19 Career Mode." That's exactly what it is, you know, in Career Mode, they have a part where you can create your own championship. And I'm like, "What in the blue hell is this?" So, yeah, just easily say not a fan. Not a fan at all. So, that's this week's Tapped Out. So, but um, you know, speaking of tag teams, we saw the Guerrillas of Destiny this past week retain their IWGP Tag Team Championship when they defeated Evo and Sonata at, um, at New Japan Dominion. And then after, you know, also during the day, uh, you know, previously I should say, and then they also did a promo where they called out. But, you know, right there is a picture of Tama putting the Girls of Destiny versus the Usos. They also did a post-match promo. Said, look, they want to face tag teams all over, you know. And they called out the Revival or the Usos. Which, speaking of Revival, are your new WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. They defeated Hawkins and Ryder and the Usos in a triple threat match this past Monday on Monday Night Raw. People saying they shouldn't have never lost the titles. But nonetheless, congratulations to them. Dare say the titles are back where they belong, um, but you know I enjoyed Hawkins and Ryder having the tag titles. Wish we could have seen them featured more, but there's only so many hours on the show, and it drives me insane. But nonetheless, congratulations to the Revival for regaining their tag titles. But how cool would it be to see the Revival versus the Girls of Destiny, or the Girls of Destiny versus the Usos? That's the matchup I want to see. Let's get that tag team match going. So, um, but you know what? It's time to come from the realm. And now for our from the realm segment, where I answer your questions from the Facebook fan page, the Facebook group page, and the Twitter at wrestling realm. All right. From the realm this week, got three questions coming to you from the shark, Sean Williams, my good friend. Shout out to Sean just celebrated a birthday. So of course, happy birthday to him. Make sure you check out his show On the Sean Williams Podcast Network, check out the Shark Attack as well as Variety Bites. So his question, the first one, why is WWE pushing Shane down our throats as the top heel when they have two perfectly good candidates in Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley that could easily do it? So you got to remember, WWE has always thrived off their... Heal authority figures right now. Shane is the authority figure that's on television, and with him being obnoxiously annoying, it's getting to people and it's making you want to see him get his butt kicked. Um, I think this is one of those things that we've been watching wrestling too long, and we've kind of like, This is like, all right, here we go again. But if you take a child who may not have seen Vince McMahon, who at um, in this role. So much other than looking at the WWE network, this is something that's fresher to them, fresher to that um, PG audience. Um, I do think with Drew McIntyre, his time is coming. Um, Sharks, one of his other questions is, why is WWE afraid to pull the trigger on Drew McIntyre? No, I don't think so. I think they're saving Drew for something bigger. I think his time will become. It will come around SummerSlam. I think Drew McIntyre's time will come around then, or maybe around a time where the ratings, they're looking for bigger ratings. I don't see Drew McIntyre um, being wasted because everything he does, he still looks like a big deal. You can have a giant, in a sense, not giant, but he's a bigger guy, and you can have them take losses and they look weak. When Drew McIntyre takes a loss, it just looks as if whoever defeats him barely did it. When he goes out there, you can see the intensity on his face. He looks way better than he did. You wouldn't believe if you wasn't watching wrestling then, you wouldn't believe that this man was a part of 3MB. You wouldn't believe he was a a chosen one that ultimately failed. He looks like a different cat. He looks meaner and stronger than ever before. So, I think his time is coming. As far as Bobby Lashley is concerned, as good as he is, we always know that his mic skills hold him back. And the moment he had a good manager, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but that's what I think that's hindering him. The fact that he doesn't have Leo Rush around any longer, that's what's holding him back. I would love to see him as a top heel, but we got to admit, His stuff with Leo Rush, him being able to go out there, that was some of the best work we've seen. So that's all, you know, I think both of them will do it, eventually become good heels, perhaps top heels. But right now, I just think it's just trying to really get you annoyed with Shane McMahon. And I think that's going to eventually build a bigger Drew McIntyre because he will be rewarded. So last question. How long do you see the brand extension going for? So here's the thing with this, right? It sucks because it's while it's good for business. I'm not gonna say it sucks. It's good for business. WWE signed a deal with Fox Sports. So now we'll have wrestlers on Fox and have wrestlers on USA. We'll see a bidding war. Now I think that some of your megastars, if anything, what I would do, have my mega stars on both shows. Your Roman Reigns, your AJ Styles, your Kofi Kingston's, <coughs> excuse me, your Daniel Bryan's. Those are the ones I would have on both shows. Now, as far as the other tier, your hard workers, your mid carters you have your Intercontinental Champion on Raw, your SmackDown, um, your US Champion on SmackDown, or vice versa. Now, I know I'm kind of contradicting myself because you do have a WWE champion and a uh, universal champion. I think the twist there is you only defend that title on one of the brands. That's if you want to have two world champions, right? As far as the women, I think you have one set, you have two, you know, a champion for each shows, and I think the tag champion should stay. I don't think this so-called wild card rule should extend for the women. I understand trying to treat them equally. But I think that because you're only doing one to two matches, not like they're doing three to four women's matches on every show. You're only doing primarily one, maybe two that you have, and you don't have like a huge deep pool of talent because considering the fact you have a huge deep pool of talent of men, you keep the women's, championships and the women on their their respective shows and then you also keep the tag teams going back and forth but for goodness sakes let the Iconics win a match and, and not against local jobbers like they did as well so that's where I think you go from there so um, always appreciate the questions coming from the shark each and every week Ladies and gentlemen, but that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of break it down with Brian H. As always, I appreciate everybody who tuned in, make sure you are subscribed to the wrestling realm right here on YouTube. Make sure if you're listening, if you, you know, maybe you say, look, I want to watch the show, but I'm always busy. Don't worry. I got you covered. You're going somewhere. You, whether you're taking a walk or driving to work, riding a bus, riding the Uber. Tune in, download the show on iTunes, or I should say Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcoin, Breaker, or is it Breaker, Beaker, or something. You name it, we're there. Follow us on Twitter. Engage with us at Wrestling Realm. Make sure you go on Instagram. Check out all the behind-the-scenes and the cool photos we have there at Wrestling Realm. And, of course, last but certainly not least, join the Wrestling Realm fan page or like the fan page and join the group on facebook ladies and gentlemen until the next time i'm brian h waters so long everybody thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of break it down with brian h hit the subscribe button and turn on the bell so you get notified every time the wrestling realm posts new content